Good morning, good morning. My name is Chris, and uh, I have the privilege of overseeing some churches here in West Michigan, and one of them happens to be Radiant Life. And I just want you to know, um, it's, so, it's such an honor for me to be with you uh, this morning. I just want to say something really briefly before your pastor and a friend of mine by the name of Dave uh, Gary comes up. But here's what I want to say, and that is, is that we just got done singing about the fact that he's, that this God that we're getting to know and that we're serving is a good, good father. And one of the expressions of his goodness is what is happening right here in this place called Radiant Life Church. Um, and so last week there were supposed to be nine people that were baptized, and there ended up being 21 people that were baptized. And, uh, and can I tell you that that only happens in places where God is up to something and is at work in an incredible way. And what I want to encourage you to do is not take that for granted, but be thankful to Almighty God who's doing an amazing thing in your midst and celebrate that. He's a good, good father, and he loves you in ways that you can't even fathom how much he loves you. And he's loving this church, and he's growing this church. And uh, if you walked in here this morning for the first time, I want you to know you've made a great choice because this is an awesome church, um, an awesome church. And... I know you know this, but I just want to take the opportunity to say you have uh, an amazing pastor in Pastor Ryan and Katie, and, um, and you have a great staff here, but just an amazing pastor in them. So I just felt prompted in my spirit to say two things. One of it I just said to you. The second one is this. In a few minutes, you're going to have the opportunity. Pastor Ryan is going to uh, introduce to you a, a friend that I've known for uh, almost 20 years now. And, uh, but here's what's going to happen. You're going to hear some stories uh, of what God has done in and through uh, Dave Gary's life. And when you hear those stories, I think there's going to be one of two uh, responses or reactions that are going to happen in your spirit, okay? One reaction or response in your spirit is going to be, well, that's great. Apparently, God loves that guy a lot. And I wish he would love me that much. Or... You could say, God really loves that guy, but he doesn't love him one ounce more than he loves me. And God has, I am as convinced as I'm standing here taking in oxygen, I'm convinced that there are people in this room that are here, and you're here for a purpose. You're here for a divine purpose. Your Heavenly Father loved you enough to bring you here this morning to hear what you're about to hear because God has placed some stuff inside of you that he wants to bring to fruition. So when you hear the word of God in the next few minutes spoken through his servant Ryan and through his servant David, don't you dare think that's for someone else. Would you allow the spirit of God to deposit in you what he wants to deposit in you in the next few minutes? And will you say, God, I want all that you have for me in the next few minutes, amen? Okay, uh, just turn to your neighbor and say to them, uh, this is for you. Go ahead, turn to your neighbor and say, this is for you. This is for you. <laughs> this is for you. Now, do me a favor. Go ahead, come on up. Do me a favor and say, this is for me, too. Go ahead, turn to your neighbor and say, this is for me, too. Okay? Thanks, Chris. Well, good morning, friends. Someone just turned and said, did you hire him to be your hype guy? No, um, I, I mean this personally. Uh, I'm not where I am today without Chris Conrad and his investment into my life. So can we just thank Chris for leading us well? 
great guy, great uh, head boss of our denomination in West Michigan. We have 65 Wesleyan churches in our denomination here in West Michigan, and he's the, the head honcho of all of them. Uh, Hey, my name is Ryan. I'm lead pastor here. So if you're a guest with us, as Chris says, hey, we just want to welcome you to Radiant Life. I'm not going to do a teaching this morning. We're going to do something different. But I think you're going to be just immensely blessed by what Dave is going to share. Chris uh, invested into a couple pastors um, back in May, and I was one that got to go on a trip with him to Wisconsin. And we flew out of Grand Rapids to Detroit. And we landed in Detroit, and Chris would not tell us, and I think there's eight pastors, where we were going. And it, I, I, I like to plan. Is there any planners? Like, you, man, he left us in the dark. It was so good. So I learned from him because I took our staff on a retreat in August, and I never told them where they were going. Even though I hated it, I did that to my staff, and they hated it. It was awesome. <laughs> but you learn well. And in the process of all this, I really thought we were just staying in Detroit. But then that's when he said, hey, you guys are going to be immensely blessed by where we're going. We're going to Madison, Wisconsin to meet up with my friend. And his name is Dave Gary. And what I love about the stories that you're going to hear is not just how God works, but Dave is not a pastor. Uh, He's not in ministry full time, if you will, within the church. Dave is a businessman who loves Jesus. And we're going to hear stories of how his obedience has paid off tremendous blessings, not only to him, but his community and his friends. And so will you please give him uh, a warm Sturgis welcome to Dave Gary right now. All right. Well, welcome back on stage. Uh, Dave is so cool. He, he graciously flew in this morning from Wisconsin, avoided most of this torrential downpour that we just experienced. And uh, I just, he was so gracious. And he's got pastors, he's got more pastors coming to his house tomorrow. Like this is just the guy he is. He's got a big heart and so thankful, so thankful that you're here. Uh, Dave is going to just share some stories and I'm just going to ask him some questions. And you're going to see how when faith in your life collide, God can do awesome things. And with Dave, he's into, got into the fitness world at a young age. And at the age of about 25, he heard God give a prompting on his heart. And a question that kind of says along the lines of God saying to him, will you put me first? And I'm going to let Dave go into that story. Thank you. It's really great to be here. Um, I'll tell you this, when I walked into this church this morning, Pastor brought me into the back office, and the worship team and some of the leaders were in that back office, and I've done a lot of coaching in my life. I felt like I was walking into the locker room at halftime of a team that is smoking it and is getting ready to come out the second half and win big time. It just feels like that here at this church. I paid him to say that, too. I got two spokesmen. <laughs> yeah. Later, Dave. Later. So it's just fun to be here. Um, we got a chance to meet your district supervisor, Chris, I met a long time ago. And the kind of person he is is this. When I met him the very first time, the Holy Spirit had one question on my heart that I thought I was supposed to ask him. 
He came into Madison, Wisconsin to do a church plant. And I asked him the question. It was hard to ask, but I did. I was obedient. I said, whose kingdom did you come in this city to build? And the Holy Spirit just broke him right there. And I've watched him for the last 20 years be promoted and moved up, and now he's a supervisor. But what you need to really understand about that man is his heart is not about building his kingdom. His heart is for building his kingdom. Amen. And that's how he leads. He's a Amen. great man. Um, pastor set me up with a, when I was 25 years old. I got into the fitness industry, health clubs, but big, big, big health clubs. I mean, massive, 120,000 square foot health clubs. The one on the west side of Madison has a soccer field on the roof. So, I mean, when I say health club, I'm talking about centers that have retail around them, big operations. But I want to start 25 years old, what happened to me the first time I had a chance to get promoted. I walked into the fitness center, and I was going to become the manager of this health club. And I'm 25, and they had a platform like this, and they're going to introduce me to 75 people in the room, the president and vice president. And starting tomorrow, I was going to be their manager. Well, I was petrified, to say the least. I was very nervous. But I remember about 10 minutes to 7 that night, before I came forward, I, I got an invitation. And I, when I was 12 years old, I knelt at my parents' bed and asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart to be my Lord and my Savior. So when I got that invitation, it wasn't in my ears. It was kind of somewhere between my chest and my belly button. It was like right about there. You, you know what I mean when, it, when that happens? Well, it wasn't my conscience because my conscience, believers and unbelievers have a conscience. I knew it was the Holy Spirit. And here's the question. It was an invitation. 25 years old, first chance in front of all these people, first big job, and here's what God puts in my heart. Would you put me first? <laughs> Are you kidding? Here? Really? I don't even know these people. But it was just a gentle, it wasn't like David put me first. It was just this gentle little, would you put me first? And then I was free to say no if I wanted to or not do anything. But it got even closer to seven, and I sensed that again. I don't even know how to do that. All right, now it's seven o'clock. Da, 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 da. Here's Dave. And they hand me the microphone. I don't know exactly what to do, except I said the following words. I said, you know, this might sound kind of strange to some of you, but before I even start, because this is such a great opportunity, I just want to put God first. And so I ducked my head down, and I started saying the Our Father, because I didn't even know what else to pray at the point. <laughs> and that, that prayer is like a day and a half long. I mean, it took forever, it felt like. <laughs> so the ladies in the front sort of prayed along, and the guys in the back, a couple guys chuckled at first, but it was okay. Nothing really happened after that. I mean, it wasn't like people freaked out or protested or anything goofy like that. But something did happen to me. In my heart, I just knew, God knew, how hard that was for me to do that in that setting. And I can't describe it. I don't know the words. But to me, it's like a, maybe a deposit. But I didn't earn anything. I was just recognizing him. He's my father. I want to tell you what happened after that, which was amazing. So, is that all right to keep doing? Okay, so 
nothing really happened after that. I mean, we were in business. I worked there for a couple years. I got out of that. I went into another business. And then I finally got the opportunity to start my own fitness center back in 1987. That was fun. I was 26 years old. I mean, it was, that was cool. Back in the 80s, that was the thing. It was just starting to go like this. So I had a nice operation going that was really great. I had an older man help me get started financially because I grew up in a home that had $15,000 a year for an income with five kids, so I had no rich parents or anything like that. But as time went on and years went on, I, I wanted to own that health club on the west side of Madison. I thought that would really be cool, have one on the east side and one on the west side, and it was an equal type of an operation. So I went over and I met those owners, and I began discussions with them. And they were receptive to the idea. Now remember, you're just a kid. I mean, really, you're a kid. I, I could have that health club, and I knew it. Well, that would have been huge in my city because we would have been the dominant in the market. That would have really been fun. We get to the point where on that side of town, they've said yes. We've agreed on a price. We've done everything. We've had the attorneys drop the paperwork. The accountants have done their thing. And I'm... I'm right about here to that step, excuse me, and I'm walking off the elevator to go into this boardroom at the bank, and all I have to do is go in that room and sign my name. Holy cow, you got to be kidding. I was so excited, and I wanted that so bad I could taste it. I mean, I hope you can understand if I'm conveying, but I can hardly even articulate how bad I wanted to do this deal. I'm walking off the elevator, and right about here, I hear the, in my heart, stop. And now I'm wrestling inside. Well, wait a minute. Stop. I thought, Lord, you're my father. You've led me. These guys all said, yes, we're ready to go. And I take two more steps, and I have the same strong. Now, this is more of a, not an invitation. This is more like your kids were running out in the street and you yell, stop. It was more of that kind of sense in my heart. Well, what are you going to do? I, I mean, stop. I, if I go in that room and tell them I'm not going to do this right now, I'm, this is not going to be good. I'm going to ruin my business reputation. Oh, he's one of those nutty Christian guys, maybe. I, I, I wasn't like that. I just wanted to obey. So I walk in the room, and I really had nothing to say. I had nothing prepared. I just walked in. I said, I know this is going to upset you, but, and I don't even know how to say this, but I, I pray about things before I do it, and for some reason, I'm not supposed to do this deal right now. Oh, my gosh. If looks could kill. I mean, even my partner was like, you are a nut job. You, you just, what, what is going on with you? What's wrong? And there was not much to say except I'm really sorry. I'll try to even things up. And I just kind of out the door. <laughs> and then to be honest with you, I was sort of upset. It's like, why, why don't I, I don't hear you anymore. I don't know what, because I thought you wanted me to go that way. And I was a little bit upset even at God, if I can be honest about it. The only thing I had in me was, well, if that was really you, I obeyed. That, that was it. All right, wait till you hear the end of this. So I go back over to the other side of town, start running the health club again. Nothing, you know, just business, day in, day out, same stuff that every one of you does, making it go. One year later, 
I get a phone call. I'm at the east side. And it's my partner, the older man that helped me. He said, David, are you sitting down? And I was like, you know, back then the phone was connected to the wall, so you had to sit down. <laughs> you know. So he said, you're not going to believe what just happened. But Jerry Ring and Jerry Dome just left my office. And they were the men that owned that operation on the other side of town. They owned the shopping center and everything. They said uh, they want to get out of the health club business. Their business had gone like this for the last year. They hired somebody that said he knew how to run a health club that didn't, so they had a manager that didn't know how to do things. And they're landlords. They don't want to have that fold. Here's what he says to me next. David, they said if you'll come across town, they're going to hand you the keys to the front door of that health club. They're like, what do you mean, hand me the keys? No money. All you have to do is sign the lease. We have to sign the lease. By the way, if you're in real estate, it was exactly the same internal lease that they had with themselves, so that wasn't escalated. They're going to hand you the keys to the front door. I couldn't believe it. I, I, I went like this. I went, I'm on the phone. I'm like, I'm thinking, God, what, what is going on here? And all of a sudden, it dawned on me, and we did it. I, I ran across. You better do that. <laughs> yeah, it didn't take long to get across town that day. And then all of a sudden, I realized what had just happened. See, the health club that I was given a decade later, that's the exact same health club that on a Sunday night at 7 o'clock, I was getting ready to be introduced for the very first time in the industry. And the Holy Spirit said, hey, would you put me first? What kind of father is that? Are you kidding? I thought that was hard to do. And he goes, kid, I got a plans for you. You have no idea about. And he ends up handing me the keys to the front door of that exact same facility. Mm -hmm. I love Dave's just obedience, his heart to obey. And so many times I'm sure we've gone in and it's like, should I do this or should I not? What are they going to think of me? And yet, Dave, you, you, you obedience. And I always say obedience precedes blessing all the time. And if we're faithful and follow where God's going to take us, we may not know, but I always say he's got way better plans than we can ever imagine. And a decade later, here's the keys, free. <laughs> How awesome. It's like with my kids. You know, as a dad, I, I'm, I love my wife. I've got two cool kids. One's 27. She's unbelievable. Jesse, she's a professional golfer. And then we have a son. <laughs> so Teddy, I love Teddy with all my heart. Teddy is 25, so 26 and 25. Um, there's something about a father in this service that matters deeply. And I, the greatest responsibility and call on my life is to be a great father. I, I really mean that. You, you, you can have my business if I have to trade it for my children. I will not do that. There's no way. As a matter of fact, I was so proud when Jesse came home the very first time from the hospital. I stopped at the health club to show everybody before I even took her home. 
That's what kind of, I was just so excited. It's like, this is amazing. And then as a child, I did what I could do at appropriate levels for their age, just like you all do with your children. You know, I can't do too much too early because they're not ready for it. But as they matured, I could do more. My desire as a daddy was to help Jessie go after her dreams. Jess wanted to become a professional golfer. The odds of that happening are so ridiculously slim that as a dad, you got to kind of go, oh, man, I don't want her to crash. But the Holy Spirit inside of me said, speak into her dreams. And so with everything I had from her freshman year in high school, that's what I did. And I wasn't doing it for me. I was doing it because he had a dream and a vision for her future. And as her earthly dad, I wanted the greatest for her I could possibly extend to her. Right? It didn't, it wasn't about me. Oh, yeah, my daughter's a pro. It wasn't about that. It was about God has a destiny in this little girl. He has a dream that he put in her heart. And I'm telling you, as is her earthly father, David, speak into those dreams. I remember the first night she went to hit a golf ball before freshman golf. I was like, do you know how to run? Because track is a lot easier. <laughs> it was terrible. And I coached. I'm like, this is going to be really bad. You have to go all the way around the golf course. Well, now she's, she's done, just done amazing things. Set records on golf courses. She plays on tour. It's really, really fun to watch. But the part for me, I'm sorry, but I talk about my kids. My father's heart just comes out. I would do anything for them. I want them to attain what's in their heart for their future. I'm just an earthly dad. Do you have any idea what your heavenly father feels if I can stand in front of you and I don't even know you and I'm already in tears? Do you know what he feels like about the dreams he put in your heart? You know how many dreams die when someone's 15 years old? So many of them. Because they raised in an environment where, oh, you can't do that. I could have protected Jesse and not spoken to her dreams. It happens all the time. He is such an amazing father. He's like the greatest coach you could ever have. If you, I, there is not one thing that's happened in my life since 12 years old that I'm embarrassed about because of my relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't care if you're the president of the bank or the head of whatever. I'll walk right in, and I'm not nutty about it. I just am convinced he's the greatest coach you could ever have. He's the greatest father you could ever have. One of the other things I love about Dave's heart is he's got this great um, mind for viewing uh, God as our heavenly father. And I wrote that one of the things that Dave said is God always has our best interest at heart and he's a good father. Can you explain that out more with, with your son? I, I have a, a, a story I want to tell you. What time, what amount of time do we have? Don't worry, time? keep going. Okay. Um, I want to... Uh, I want to say one thing before I tell you this story. When Teddy was little, let's say he was six, five or six years old, probably six, he could walk into the fitness center, and do you realize that this little guy could walk up to a man pastor's age and ask him for something in that health club, and I promise you that that man would do it. Isn't that insane? 
I mean, are you kidding? A little six-year-old kid could walk up to a, an adult and ask them to put the baskets down or could I get a sandwich or something like that? And it happened all the time. It happened with all the employees all the time. Why? It really had nothing to do with who the little boy was. It had everything to do with who his father was. Does that make sense? Same thing happens in the kingdom of God when we go out into the marketplace. It's not about who you and I are. Isn't that stunning? It's about who our father is. And what if he said, Teddy, it's all right. Go in there and ask Mr. So-and-so to put the baskets down and get a sandwich. I'm going to do some things over here, but you have my permission to go and do that. What if God the Father does exactly the same thing in cities? What if his heart pounds so hard in cities for the lost that he does exactly the same thing? What if he does the same thing with pastor and says, Ryan, here's what I want you to do. That's why this church is starting to explode. It's because, not because of the little boy. It's because who his father is. Amen. Amen. Madison, Wisconsin. I'm in the health club business. You get great opportunities to do lots of things. This is the type of father we have in heaven. I have a heart for worship. So I'm in a fitness center, retail shopping center, big operation. I would just like to dedicate a little space over here for a place for you to come in and pray. Not a church. I don't, I'm grounded in my local church. I love my local church. Just a place in the marketplace, like a little, call it a tabernacle, whatever you want to call it. Just a place... And let's get worshipers to just continue to worship in there. And then you just come in whenever you want and sit, read the Bible, whatever you want, pray, and just soak in the presence of the Lord. That was in my heart. That's all I wanted. I genuinely, that was all I really wanted. I didn't want to build anything. I didn't want to do anything. I just wanted a place to honor him in the marketplace. So that's what we did. And it, I knew it was of the Lord. Pastors in the region agreed, and that began. I got, now stay with me because you will not believe the end of this story. There was a building right behind us, and I thought, I need more space. So I went back and I said to the owner of that building, say, I started a little something over here, and I, I want more room. Could I, could I get that building from you if I went and built a building for you down someplace? Well, that's weird, but he knew me, and he knew I would do it. He said, yeah. I mean, that's hard to believe, but yeah, I'd do that. So... I took his son. Now, the, the building that I was trying to replace was a daycare, and that's important to remember. So I take his son, who, who's a young guy in his 30s, and we go around Madison, and we find a location. And I said, what do you think? He goes, well, this would be awesome. So now I'm all excited. I'm like, okay, cool. I can expand this place of worship. It's right next to the health club. I'll go down here, and I'll do this daycare building, and he'll trade me. All right. I go see the real estate guy. They lost the listing. I said, well, isn't it the Klein family that owns this? Yes. Well, the Klein family's attorney is the attorney I had just done a deal with on the other side of town to buy land for a fitness center. So I had his phone number in my phone. I said, well, thank you. He want to try to relist it. I said, it's okay. Thanks. I walked out. I called up the attorney. I said, hey. How'd you like to sell me some land on the east side of town? He's like, absolutely, David, that would be awesome. So there's a two-acre parcel. 
I'm giving you a little detail so you can appreciate this. There's a two-acre parcel and there's a three-acre parcel. The two-acre piece is what I wanted for the daycare. He says, uh, no problem, sends me the paperwork and we get it all worked out. I know the Lord wants me to take that piece of land. I just can, like again, right in here, I just knew take that land. Now there's a three-acre piece sitting right next to it, and I'm like, I don't know. I haven't sensed anything. I don't know what I should do. Should I buy that? I'm like the only guy in the city right now that could buy it. It's on a major thoroughfare. This might be a good investment. I hear nothing, 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 nothing. Finally, I just pass on that. I say, I'll tell you what. I want to close on the two-acre. I'll let the three-acre go. Okay, no problem. Great, thank you. Remember now, I want to put a daycare on that. Friday afternoon, around 2 o'clock, the phone rings, and it's the attorney on the phone. He said, David, um, Mr. and Mrs. Klein know you. They know your reputation. They, they told me I have to call you. You're not going to like this. And I was like, well, okay, what the, what's that all about? He said, uh, you know that piece of land next to the one that you were buying for the daycare? Well, there's another group that just wrote, uh, wants us to send them the contract. They want to write an offer on that piece. I said, okay, fine. Well, they said they were a medical center. Okay. Well, that's why I'm calling you. It's not a medical center. Well, what is it? Well, it's an abortion clinic. I was absolutely stunned. Like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm going to open up a daycare here, and right here is going to be an abortion clinic? Now, I'm not the guy that judges that. I'm not talking about that at all. A lot of people have gone through a lot of things in life. I get that. But wait till you hear what kind of father our Heavenly Father is. So I said, well, that's not right. That, I mean, I just, I don't, that, that isn't going to work. I don't, not only do I not think that's the greatest idea ever, but I don't want it right next to the daycare. I said, did you close the deal with them? And he said, no, I'm going out tomorrow. I said, wait a minute, you're going, they have not signed the deal? He said, no. I said, hang on a second. I hung up the phone. I called the president of the bank and I said, listen, here's what's going on. I told him what I just told you and he says, oh, that's not right. That's actually what he said. He said, uh, you want to buy it? I said, yeah. He goes, forget what we talked about with the financing that way. We'll work it out. Just take it. So he sent me through it. We had a thing called a fax machine. <laughs> yeah. It was cool. That would be really cool. So here comes into my home office on that Saturday morning, the offer. I sat in my home office and signed an offer on a piece of land that stole the land out from underneath what was going to be an abortion clinic. Is that stunning? Now, wait a minute. I don't even know what I'm going to do with that land. And I now get to pay for it for the next 20 years because I <laughs> pay cash for it. So now remember, there's two acres here and there's three acres here. And I think being the holy guy that I am, well, maybe it should be a church or something like that. I have no clue what it's supposed to be. As a matter of fact, I don't even have a deal worked out with the guy at the daycare in writing, so I don't know what's going to happen. I have a sense in my heart, sell half the land for twice what you just paid for it. Now that's... That's nuts. I mean, you just, I didn't get a deal. I paid market price. That just doesn't happen. And so in my faith, which was not that strong, I said, in my heart, I will. You, you bring me the buyer. This is the truth. Three days later, my phone rings, and the guy on the other end of the phone says, Mr. Gary, I heard that you bought the land down by MacArthur Road, 
And my first response was, how do you even know that? I mean, really, how did he even know that that fast? He said, oh, everybody talks, you know. He says, do you want to sell any of it? I said, brilliant businessman that I am. I said, no, I don't think so, no. <laughs> you know, I was like, what, what are you thinking? And then I, all of a sudden it dawned on me, it's like, well, wait a minute, I guess I'll ask him this question. About, well, what, how much land are you looking for? Oh, uh, we need about, about two and a half acres. I couldn't even believe it. I was like, okay, I, I, I want to meet with you. So I went to his office, had a good meeting. Wait till you hear the end of this. So we come together on a price. And it's a really good price, but it's not twice, but it's really close to twice. So there's lots of profit in on this deal. Now, I'm wrestling with, God said, sell half the land for twice what you paid for it. This isn't quite that. What are you going to do? I would like to sell it because that's a lot of money and I could use that for something. But I couldn't because it wasn't obedient. So I went back to him and I, and again, I'm thinking this is going to be bad. I went in and I said, I think I might have confused you, but the price that you offered to purchase, and all I had to do is sign it, by the way. He had already had a written offer. That's not what I said I was supposed to do. And he says the words that crushed me. He said, well, we just wrote that. We're countering. I, underst I understood that, obviously. But here's the part that hurt me. He said, it's almost Christmas. We've got a couple other pieces we're interested in. Why don't we pick it up after the beginning of the year? Now, I have to be polite, and I have to smile, and I have to shake his hand. But as I'm walking out, I'm like, I can't believe that just happened. I just lost a lot of money on that deal. And I think I lost the guy. This is how it worked out. Christmas Eve morning, my phone rings at my home office. Owen McCluster on the phone. Mr. Gary, I hope I didn't offend you the other day. Uh, no, I wasn't offended. I understand. No problem. He said, sir, if it's okay with you, I'd like to have a full price offer hand delivered down to your home by the end of business today. We'll personally courier it to your home. Would that be acceptable to you? I'm like, yes, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> Merry Christmas. All right, now think about this. There's five acres of land. Just sold two and a half acres for twice what I paid. That means the other two and a half acres is paid for. What are you supposed to do with that? I thought I was supposed to put a daycare there. This is way bigger. Something's going on here. I don't even understand what is happening. And I walk kind of like this. I, I don't know until I know. I walk into the coffee shop with my wife, trying to have husband-wife time with coffee, and in the back of the room are four people, and I am so distracted by those four people, I cannot even hardly talk to my wife. And she just looks at me and smiles and says, go ahead. <laughs> so I walk back. <laughs> I walk back there, and one of the men says, David, I think this is one of those God moments. Well, my heart's pounding in my chest. And I said, okay, what's going on? Well, he was one of the men that I called to pray when I heard that they wanted to build an abortion clinic on that land. So he knew a little bit of the inside of what was going on. 
He said, David, come here, sit down. So I called my wife and she came back. He said, I just finished telling this story to this woman who I knew. And so he introduced her again. I said, of course I know. And here's what the lady says. David, I've wanted to come into your office a thousand times in the last several years, and the Lord has always told me, don't go now. When that lady said that, she immediately had my attention because I'm thinking, that lady listens to the Lord. She's not out building her kingdom. She's out to establish his kingdom, which means he's king, he's Lord, and she's doing it his way. And just in a second, I was like, I'm going to pay attention to what this lady says. The lady says, David, I'd like to take a minute and explain what I'm doing. My name is Liz Osborne. I'm the director of an organization called CareNet. My board has just released me to go out and find land in the city to build a home for pregnant, unwed women. And the word shot out of my mouth. I was like, I know where your land is. And then I, I grabbed the words. <laughs> I just exploded out of my chest. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just said it out loud. But I had a peace inside of me that was so deep, it was like, you are unbelievable. You say to go build this little daycare, I think. So I had that direction. Now you say, come on down here, son. Come on down here, son, under my authority. Take that piece of land right there that's slated for an abortion clinic. Son, in my name, buy that piece of land. Now listen to me, son. Now, take that land and sell it for twice what you just paid for it. Confound the world. It doesn't work that way. It's impossible. Phone comes in, sold. Now, son, it's never been your land. You know that. That's why I chose you to do this. You know it's not your land. Now, come here. See that lady right there? Give her that land. Free. Just hand it to her. Give her that land. The joy in my heart was absolutely exquisite floating in my chest. And I gave, I was able to give her the land. I, remember, I'm just representing some guy from another land. I'm just a real estate guy. That's all I was. This wasn't about me and my land. Remember why I started this whole thing? I just want to have this place of worship bigger for it. <laughs> that's all that's in my heart. He goes, I love that about you. Come here. Do this, do that, do this. Do you know on that piece of land right now, there's a two-story building that is absolutely stunningly state-of-the-art. There's a medical center on the first floor that a doctor would blush if he walked into. It's absolutely pristine. The second level is bedrooms all the way down the hall. This is not a cobbled-together thing. This is state-of-the-art. Do you know every year I have a book at my house it's my favorite book, except the ones my wife writes love notes in in the, uh, the Bible. This is my third favorite book. <laughs> picture after picture after picture. Mom and a little baby that was ministered to in that home. They send me the pictures every time. A little baby is born. It's that thick. <laughs> He's 
not just a good father for us individually. He's a father to the fatherless. He's a father to the little ones that can't defend and fight for themselves. How about he's a father for the young lady who went out partying and got pregnant and got kicked out because her dad was a jerk and said to you little, you know what, get out. What about her? Where the heck is she supposed to go? Well, I can tell you where she can go over there. She can just show up and have medical nurses help her with everything. Isn't that amazing? There's awesome. no judgment in that. He didn't judge. He's like, sweetie, I know I've got an idea. And he uses people like you and me to go out into communities. And I'm not, I, I'm crying right now because I can feel the anointing of God so strong. I, I'm not like this normally. But I'm telling you, he uses people like us to advance his kingdom outside the walls of this building. He's advancing his kingdom in here, without a doubt. But you are called to go out into the marketplace. You were handpicked. You know, if you were really holy, you would just get out of business. You become a missionary in Africa. That's what a lot of you really think. You're sort of a little bit guilty. And I'm going to talk about that tonight at 6 o'clock. Come on, be honest. You're a little selfish. You got a really nice car. And you feel a little bit guilty. I'm telling you one thing. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You are exactly where God called you to be. He didn't say that being a missionary is holier than being the guy that owns a health club in a city. Because you are the kind of people that he can use to move in and out the kingdom and establish his kingdom right here on earth, right where you are. Most of you are not in the wrong place. What I want to encourage you to do is fall deeper in love with him. Have a heart of worship with him. Mm -hmm. And just obey. Mm -hmm. You will be stunned on the journey he will take you. And you know what happens on the journey? I just fall deeper in love with him. It's just like you are, I can't, I mean, I've seen what you've done in my life, but look what you did for all these little kids. Look what you did for these moms. What kind of father is this? Mm -hmm. When Teddy and Jesse were in the playroom, and I'll finish with this. Um, there's all kinds of little kids in the room. I mean, it's a cool play, you know, like really high-end car dealerships now have a pretty cool playroom for kids while you're getting service done. I noticed that recently. They're pretty nice. Well, this is a nice playroom. Do you know that when I come to the door and I open the door and it's time to go home, we're going to go home for supper, when I stand there and I say, kids, it's time to go home, do you know that a lot of those kids in that room know who I am? Do you know that there's only two children in the room that get up and come to the door to go home with me? Teddy and Jesse, Gary. They bear my name because they're my children. The exact same thing has been established in the kingdom of God. Jesus died on a cross for a reason, because it had to be done. You think, could a half an hour change my life in a church? Yeah, anybody that's married knows a half an hour can change your life in a church. <laughs> But if you are interested in having a father like that, the process of adoption has already been done. It's been done in heaven on the mercy seat. Jesus Christ died and bled 
for the opportunity to be adopted into his kingdom by his heavenly father. You know that if there was a little child in that playroom with Teddy and Jesse, if, if their parents had passed away, I could legally go to the judge and sign a contract and an agreement, legal documents, and I could adopt that son. I'm looking at you right there. I could adopt you. Mom and dad got, Lord forbid, got hurt. He was in the playroom with my natural children. I could legally adopt him. Everybody knows that. That's exactly what happened in heaven. When Jesus bled on the cross, his blood went over the mercy seat. And God the Father said, that I will accept. Nothing else. Your works won't do it for me. Nothing will do it except that. And that I accept. It's a done deal. Now, I can legally adopt him, but he doesn't have to receive it. He could go on with life and live with his aunt. He has a choice. If he trusts me enough, and he knows the heart I have for my natural son, you have no idea how much and how deeply I would love you, but I'm not going to make you do it. If you want to come to me, it's already done. I've already done the deal. You're welcome to come my way. That's what God the Father is doing this morning in this room. He's saying, you have no idea what kind of father I am. I'm the best there possibly is. There's no pain in him. There's nothing but goodness in the heart of God the Father to the point that he sacrificed his one son so that he could call you into his kingdom as adopted sons and daughters. If this, what's your name? Thanks. I'm glad you're sitting there because it's really helping me. <laughs> if I adopt him, he has every legal right, every inheritance right, everything that I've established for my children, he receives also in the fullness of it. That's what happens when the Holy Spirit says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you will open the door, I will come in. That's what it means to be born again. There are people in this room right now that are having their heart pound out of their chest. Behold, Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. If you will unlock the door and open it, I will come in. That's so good. Hey, can we, give th can we thank him one more time for coming? Dave, thank you, Dave. I hope you've been enrichly and blessed by him. Uh, flew in Wisconsin this just this morning just to speak with all of us. And, um, I know when I was in his house in May in Wisconsin, just, it was just incredible to be in his living room and allow him to speak to eight other pastors and just weep in his living room. And um, one of my favorite books was he showed us that book of all the women and the babies being born. It's amazing when we're obedient and we allow our faith and life to collide. It's so awesome. And uh, we go to the last slide, the Bible verse. I want to close with this last slide. This is Jesus speaking. He says, in the same way, let your what, friends? 
Let your light shine before others that they may what? See your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. When we are obedient to God, people see Jesus. And he can use you. He can use people like Dave who are just obedient. You don't have to be in the church world. Wherever you are as a stay-at-home mom or a teacher or a business owner, do good deeds. Glorify your Father in heaven. Be obedient to wherever he's calling you. And amazing things happen. His kingdom's built. I love this saying. We say it as staff constantly all the time. It's obedient risk. I have no idea. I don't know what this pit is in my belly. I do not know the risk, but I know I have to obey. We're going to go. May we live that life as we follow Jesus. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for just an awesome testimony from Dave and just what a blessing he has been. As we look at another brother of Jesus who just loves you and obeys you, we just thank you. I just pray for a special blessing as he just continues to minister out of his heart and love for you. And Father, for everyone here in this room, I pray that we're just obedient. Would you give us a spirit of courage, a spirit of strength, to follow you no matter where that leads us. And God, may we always be reminded that you are a good Father who loves us so much. We thank you that you're always there for us when we can't do it on our own. That you give us your power, your strength to build your kingdom. May your kingdom grow not only here within this church and in these four walls, but this Sturgis community and the communities beyond that we reach. May we just see your kingdom expand and lost people come to know Jesus Christ. May that be a fire in our bellies. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi there, my name is Patricia, the Creative Arts Pastor. And I'm here just to remind you of something that's going to be happening at Radiant Life in only two weeks. Now, if you were around last October, you might remember that we as an entire church body took one Sunday morning and we packed boxes together. All the way from our preschoolers to as old as we want to say, we're there. We're excited to say that we're doing the same thing this year but with a challenge. Last year, we packed 409 boxes. This year, the challenge is to pack as many boxes as there are people at Radiant Life. I think we can do it, but we're gonna need your help. Now, in order to pack the boxes, we need things to put in the boxes. So if you pull out that piece of paper that you received when you first walked into the worship center this morning, we call it a bulletin. It's where the connection card is. On that piece of paper, it has all the information you need in order to know what you can bring in to help pack those boxes. Now, make sure you read those instructions carefully because they are particular about what can go in the box and what cannot go in the box. 
The date for that Sunday is October 29th. Again, that's October 29th. We hope that you all can make it out to that Sunday. We will be doing a few things here in the sanctuary first, and then we'll get together and we'll pack the boxes. We're really excited. Just another opportunity for us to live like Jesus and share his love. We'll be collecting items until October 26th. If you have any more questions, you can see either Pam Carey, who is our volunteer and events coordinator, or Amy Kinsey, who is our kids director. Now would be a great time to pull out that connection card we had you fill out earlier. If you haven't filled it out, now would be a great time to do so as the offering plate will be passed soon. Again, we're glad that you're here. We hope to see you next week and the following week, which is October 29th, for our Operation Christmas Child Hands Day. Good morning. I hate it when I have to come up here after just the sensing of the Holy Spirit. Um, I'm so grateful for uh, Dave just sharing with us this morning um, just really moved in my heart, and I, I think I can sense that it moved in a lot of other people's hearts. I love how he literally gives us this tangible thing to understand a big concept, because sometimes we, we think of God, and He in it we want to put him in a box, and he's bigger than any box that we can put him in. And so sometimes it's hard to understand God, but... What an awesome example that God has given us with earthly examples. And so I'm thankful for Dave. And in a sense, he told us a parable, but he was part of the parable. And just even that relationship as an earthly father with a son and how we have an earthly father who we are his sons and daughters. I'm just so grateful for that. Uh, my name is Brandon. I'm our Community Next Steps pastor so if you're visiting us this morning, man, um, just like Chris said, you picked a really great morning to be here, and I'm really thankful that you're here. Um, just like Pastor Patricia said in the video, those connection cards, I would encourage you, if you're a first-time guest, to, to take that to our cafe, free drinks on us, and we even have a gift for you to show our appreciation that you're here this morning. But we're going to take our uh, offering this morning. And this is just one way that we continue to worship. Just like in the video, we worship with our hands as well. We worship through song. We can just worship God in so many different ways. And I want to share a scripture with you this morning. And uh, this is in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And so sometimes maybe at this point in the service it gets really awkward and you feel uncomfortable and you squirm a little bit. Maybe the whole money situation with churches makes you feel really uncomfortable. But here at Radiant Life, this is just one way that we worship. And if you're wrestling with that this morning, please let the plate pass by. If you're a guest this morning, please let the plate pass by. But for us, followers of Jesus, Christians, whatever title that you want to use, if you have a relationship with Jesus, this is just one way that we can worship this morning. But it has to come from a cheerful heart. And so if you're wrestling with that, keep wrestling with that. It's okay. I'm going to pray for our offering now. Jesus, thank you uh, for Dave and just his testimony and 
his obedience to come to Michigan even this morning. Um, Lord, thank you for blessing him with safe travels. Lord, we pray that you continue to bless him with uh, good travels heading back home. Lord, thank you for that story, uh, all of his stories of how you've used him. Lord, I pray that as we sit and we hear this, that we realize that you have a story for us. Lord, may we learn to hear your voice and give us the courage to be obedient so that we can impact your kingdom to live out your will and not ours. Lord, thank you for providing for all of our needs. And Lord, we give you this offering, not because you're after our money, because you're after our heart. And so, Lord, we surrender every aspect of our life over to you. Jesus, thank you for all of the souls that you have touched through this place. Lord, thank you for the baptisms that we celebrated last week. And we praise you and we thank you for that. So, Lord Jesus, thank you for this church family, their willingness to invest into this place because of your your spirit just moving in this place. So, Lord, thank you for this church family. Lord, thank you for their obedience. So, Jesus, we ask for wisdom. We ask for discernment to move your kingdom. Jesus, just thank you for being you. May this offering just be a sweet aroma to you. We come humbly before you the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Would you rise with me as we sing one last song?